Do you eat seasonally or do you just buy whatever you see at the grocery store? Heaven knows that pretty much everything we want is at our fingertips year-round in American grocery stores. But the truth is we can get so much more flavor and so many more nutrients out of our produce when we buy it when it's just been picked, when it's ripe, when it's in season. And today I'm sharing with you the top seven seasonal veggies you'll wanna stock up on this spring. And then we're gonna get to my favorite part, how you can prepare each of these veggies no matter where you're at on your gut healing journey. It's all about making them in a way that supports your body's digestion and absorption at whatever stage you're at right now. It's a spring veggie extravaganza. And yes, yes, I do get that excited over spring vegetables. Here we go. You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Hey there, dear one, Karen with you on another episode of the Cheeky Podcast. Spring, it's in the air. Can you feel it? It's a little late, in my opinion. I was ready about a month ago, but I'm happy that it finally seems to be settling in. Have you noticed this? There's more people out and about with a little more energy, a little spring in their step. Some of them are even a little bit giddy. Maybe one of those people is me. There's just something about spring that brings out a reawakening in us. It's like we're mirroring the grass getting greener, the trees growing leaves again, the flowers blooming. And yeah, I have to say that there is kind of an energy out there that's associated with each season. And that's why one of my favorite seasons is spring. Something that I've learned at least about myself is that I'm really a creature of whatever season I'm in. Winter always makes me feel like I just want to curl up in a warm, cozy blanket. I want to start a fire. I want to hang out at home with a good book or watching a movie. But when spring comes, I feel this pull to get out, to get moving again, to do things that just energize me. Does that fit for you too? For lots of people in the world, coming out to enjoy the energy of spring, it means it's a time to move from cozy, warm soups and stews to fresh, crisp veggies and big, raw salads. But many of us with Crohn's and colitis, we need a gentler approach for our food choices. Raw veggies and salads galore, it just might not be on our spring table. So the question becomes, How can we embrace all the fun, healthy, delicious veggies spring has to offer in a way that supports our sensitive digestive tract and our IBD healing? That's our focus today. Eating seasonally with all of nature's and spring's best produce, but eating in a way that works for where you're at with your gut health. 
And so that we are both starting this conversation in the same place, I want you to know that I'm a huge advocate for eating seasonally, especially when it comes to produce. In America, at least, our grocery stores are full of cantaloupes and strawberries in January, even when it's months until their peak time of year. And fall squashes like butternut and acorn squash, they're available year-round. But if you want to get the best nutrients from the food you eat, if you want all those vitamins and minerals to benefit your gut, we've got to eat them when they are recently picked, when they're ripe, when they're full of nutritious flavor. Eating seasonally for spring means that some of my absolute favorite veggies are at their peak and it's time to buy them at the grocery store, the farmer's market, or maybe even grow them in your own garden. Today I've got seven of the best spring veggies to share with you. I'll tell you why they will benefit you to eat them in the spring, share with you how to prepare them for where you're at on your gut healing journey, and tell you how you can get your hands on multiple recipes with these veggies as the star ingredient to help you get started eating them as early as right after this episode. Let's start with one of my favorite spring veggies. Number one, it's artichokes. Artichokes. Now, I know some love them, some hate them, but I have to say that I think, this is where I stand on it personally, but I think that those who don't care for artichokes, they just haven't found the proper way to prepare them. Because when they're prepared right, and when you eat them in season, artichokes are actually delicious. Now, nutritionally, artichokes are full of the B vitamin folate, so that is perfect for you. If you are a mama, if you're pregnant, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, it's perfect for you for that. Artichokes are also full of vitamin C and other B vitamins, as well as potassium and iron. Plus, they're a really good source of protein. I know, right? Protein. There's not very many veggies that can boast that, so... We're talking about lots of health benefits there. And if you're struggling with your gut health, you have lots of inflammation, bacterial imbalance, you'll want to eat your artichokes either boiled or steamed so that they're more on the cooked side. They're more broken down. You can even dip the leaves in EVOO, that extra virgin olive oil, which is a really wonderful easily digestible way to have artichokes and it just tastes divine. You can also eat artichokes as part of an artichoke dip or you can even puree artichokes in a soup and I would say those are the best ways for you if you're really in a flare-up right now. The steaming and make sure you steam them long enough so they're really soft, the soup and artichoke dip, those are perfect if you're struggling with your gut health right now. Now, if your Crohn's or colitis is kind of middle of the road, you're not in a full-blown flare-up, but you're not completely in remission either, you can soften your artichoke to make it a little bit more digestible, right? Not having it raw, but soften it by grilling it. Have you ever had grilled artichokes? They are super flavorful. And again, you don't need a lot of seasoning here. EVOO and the grill, it just really brings out the flavor of the artichoke. The more cooked the artichoke, the easier it will be to digest. So take that into account 
for your cook times when you're grilling it. If you feel really well, maybe just pop it on the grill for a little while. If you're feeling like you need some more time for digestion to be broken down, then you're going to cook it a little bit longer. You can still pop it on the grill when you're done just to get that grill flavor that only the grill can bring. Now, if you're in hardcore remission, try your artichoke shaved. You know, you're just going to eat it raw, but shaved on a salad. Lots of fiber, lots of roughage, but without inflammation standing in your way, your digestive system is going to say, thank you. Now, if you want to try artichokes for the first time, or you've just, maybe you're just looking for some new artichoke recipes, or you've just got a little peaked here and you're thinking, all right, maybe I could try them again. I've got you covered. I've rounded up my favorite artichoke recipes for beginners all the way to advanced, for IBDers in a flare-up, and for those in remission. And they're all in the show notes. To check out my artichoke recipes, go to karenhaley.com forward slash 82. karenhaley.com forward slash 82. And it's Karen with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y. Those recipes, they are waiting for you there right now. Let's turn to one of the best and most overlooked spring veggies, and that's spring veggie number two. It's arugula. Now, some parts of the world, they call it rocket, and I definitely never had rocket as a child. Actually, I never even heard of it before I lived in England, and I, it, it had to take some convincing for me to even try it. But I'm really grateful that I did because I love it. Arugula, it almost looks like a weed. I don't know how else to describe it. It almost looks like a weed. It's a green leafy vegetable. It has these long scalloped leaves. It's very earthy, but it's also very peppery. It's got this kind of tangy, peppery flavor, and it gives it a little bit of bite, which makes it more interesting than your traditional lettuce. If you're not eating raw leaves or if you're not eating salad right now, you might be thinking, well, that's a pass. Arugula is a pass for me, but no. I dare you to give it a second look because I'm going to tell you how to prepare it. First of all, know that arugula is high in vitamins A, K, and also that B vitamin, the pregnant mama or the I want to get pregnant mama vitamin folate. It's full of chlorophyll and it's full of fiber. Plus, it's a natural detoxifier and it lowers inflammation levels in the body. So it's a winner in the gut health department. But how can we benefit from all that health without it just going straight through us? That's the question. Well, arugula isn't just for salads. It's actually, it's really versatile. If you're feeling inflamed, if you're feeling like you're not up to solid food, arugula is fantastic in a smoothie. Just throw a handful of the greens in the blender with your favorite non-dairy milk, maybe a banana or some berries and now you've got a power packed nutrient dense delicious smoothie and it's in a digestible form if you don't need your arugula completely masticated you know like a smoothie would do but you still need it broken down i highly recommend adding it to an omelet it's so good in an omelet with some other veggies maybe some maybe you could just do the rocket the arugula or you can mix in some other veggies but you saute it in a pan for a few minutes to break it down, make it a little bit easier to digest. Add in your egg to give yourself a really great, delicious, seasonal meal. 
And I've also seen the same principle used with arugula on pizza. So you top a bunch of arugula on your gluten or grain-free pizza before you put it in the oven. Now, some people put it on after and they eat it as a crunchy bite. But no, for you, when you want it a little bit more broken down, put it on before you put the pizza in the oven. Top that pizza with a bunch of arugula. So then it becomes easier for you to digest. Now, probably I would say the simplest, but but really the most fibrous way that you can use arugula is the most traditional way, and that's in a salad. Just rocket salad with a simple dressing like balsamic vinegar and EVOO, maybe a little bit of cracked peppercorn and some shaved Parmesan on top, and that's it. Yum. That's the way to eat it if you feel like you're in remission or you're doing raw salads right now. Are you intrigued? Are you intrigued by arugula? I've got your recipes in the show notes. Go to karenhaley.com forward slash 82. I've got you covered there. Now, our awesome spring veggie number three is beets. Beets, super nutrient dense for the spring. And before you go and fast forward through this part, I know you're thinking about it. Karen, you're saying, I hate beets. I want you to hear me out. Just Just give me a few minutes because there are ways to prepare beets that either cover up that earthy flavor that maybe you're not such a fan of or ways that you can just sweeten them up because actually beets have a lot of natural sweetness in them when you bring it out in them and then it makes it just taste better. Why should beets be part of your gut healing spring regime? Well, beets are about one of the healthiest foods you can eat. They're full of antioxidants and that makes them anti-inflammatory. They are also a gentle way to detoxify the body and also they benefit your blood and your circulation. So now it's something that's giving you energy, that flow of energy in your body. So those are some reasons that make beets definitely worth a second look if you've kind of set them aside. I know I did that for a long time with beets. One of the best ways to sweeten up your beet is by juicing it. I love juicing beets with oranges or apples. It just pairs really well. The juicing of the beets and then mixing it with that sweet flavor. It's a really great way to get your beets in, in a sweeter way, but also in a gentler way, especially if you have a sensitive belly right now. Also for sensitive bellies, beet dip. Have you ever seen beet dip? You can make it at home really easy to make. Beet dip in the form of like a beet hummus. So you make a regular hummus or even buy the hummus at the grocery store and you're adding in a pureed form. You know, you puree puree the beet, put it inside the hummus. Oh, delicious. The beet is all broken down. It's creamy, so it's much easier for you to digest. And now you can dip in your veggies, your gluten or grain-free bread. You can dip it in there. And if you're thinking, well, I I can't do that because that's raw. No, no, no. You can even cook your veggies and dip it in hummus. You don't have to skip out on dips just because you're not eating raw. You can even dip in a cooked carrot or a cooked pepper or a cooked broccoli, whatever it is that you can tolerate, you can dip those veggies in the hummus as well. All broken down, easy to digest. Now, if you can tolerate a more advanced version of beets, I highly recommend roasting them. It brings out all the natural sweetness and some of the earthy flavor. 
I prefer beets in moderation. Like I said, I'm kind of a beet convert. I wasn't always into beets. So I like them in a combination with other things. So I will mix them with some of my other favorite roasting veggies like butternut squash or sweet potatoes or carrots, maybe some onions, things like that. Oh, it's so tasty when it's in combination with other vegetables. And before we move on from beets, I have to mention that my favorite part of the beet isn't actually the red bulb at the end, the kind that most everybody is eating. It's the greens. It's the greens at the top of the beet. Beet greens are the most delicious and nutritious of the greens. So don't throw out those greens on, that are that come on top of that veggie. You can add the greens to smoothies, to salads. You can saute, this is my favorite, you can saute the greens with some garlic and EVOO. Beet greens are awesome. Want a fresh take on beets? Check out my beet-inspired recipes in the show notes. Recipes for wherever you're at on your gut healing journey. They're at karenhaley.com forward slash 82. If I had to pick just one, just one of my favorite foods this time of year, it would be spring veggie number four. And I'm cheating a little bit here because it's not a veggie. It's not a veggie at all. Actually, it's an herb. And that herb is mint. Springtime is mint time. It's probably the most abundant spring food out there. You know, I once planted mint in my garden. Once. I once (laughs) planted mint in my garden. And now it comes back every year. Even though I turn the soil over, I haven't planted mint again in years it just keeps coming back and I I think the term grows like a weed I think that that was invented for mint which is great actually for us IBD gals because we need mint think of mint as your go-to digest aid it helps with gas nausea bloating those gurgles that we sometimes get in our belly indigestion. It is no wonder that mint has been around for centuries, even before toothpaste and mouthwash was invented. People used mint leaves to freshen their breath, to release bacteria in their mouth. Mint is definitely something we want to get lots of year round, but when it comes to the fresh leaves, spring is king. Now, mint is a medicinal herb, so it's not something that you're going to cook with. But mint-infused water is wonderful, wonderful for your digestion. And you can also use the leaves to make your own peppermint tea. You can add the leaves to your juice press and create a cucumber mint fresh-pressed juice. That's my personal favorite. Or you can use it in cooking. If you want to just chop it and you can sprinkle it over your favorite foods that just would benefit from a little mint flavor. Like if you're making some lentils, you can sprinkle some mint over the top to give it just a nice little taste. Or even couscous. Or it's wonderful on top of a citrus salad. You know, a salad with oranges and grapefruit, things like that. You can even add mint to a pesto sauce and it really gives it this unique little refreshing twist to it. Now guess what? I've got you covered with mint recipes galore. Are you seeing a pattern here? Come over to the show notes and you can check out my mint recipes there as well. All right, spring veggie number five. It is another favorite of mine. Surprise, surprise. It's asparagus. Again, another one that I didn't used to like. And then 
It's one that I realized I didn't like it because I'd been cooking it all wrong. It's funny how how we make these foods, it makes all the difference. I remember when I was a kid, my parents would boil asparagus and it would always turn out mushy, slimy, uh, just not (laughs) appealing at all. But once I discovered roasted asparagus, oh boy, I was in love. Now I look for every opportunity to eat asparagus, as long as it's not boiled, every opportunity. In the spring, I probably eat it every day. I don't think a day goes by that I don't eat asparagus. And my latest favorite recipe for asparagus is in omelets with other sauteed veggies. If you're in a flare-up and you still want ways to get this gut-friendly veggie in, you can also eat your asparagus sauteed in veggies. And if that's not enough for you, if it's not broken down enough for you, you can get it in soup as well. Have you ever had rich, creamy asparagus soup? It does not even taste like asparagus at all. It's delicious and it's a great soothing way to get your gut healing asparagus benefits in the spring. And of course, if you tolerate a crunchier asparagus, I think personally blanched asparagus is the way to go. It's when you boil the water, you add in the asparagus, but only for really just two to five minutes. That's it. It keeps its rich, dark color and it still has a little bite to it. So it's not like overcooked slime of my youth. I want to mention one thing before we move on from asparagus and that's how to store it because I see most people not storing it properly so that it can last a long time and then you buy it and it ends up going bad before you can use it. So let's talk about that briefly. And of course, this is a tip that I learned the hard way. (laughs) I had to learn this one myself as well. But once you get your asparagus home from the store, take the whole bunch out of the bag. And then you're going to chop off one half to one inch of the stem at the bottom. You just do it in, you know, get a really good knife and just chop, chop it all together. Then you're going to take that bunch and you're going to place the whole bunch in a large mason jar filled with about one third, about one third up of water. The cut side goes down in the jar. The stocky part is out at the top. So then you put that jar in the fridge and your asparagus, that's where you keep it. Take it out as you need it and your asparagus will last longer. It's kind of like how we care for flowers, right? When you get that home, you cut off the bottom, you put it in water, except with this method, now you're putting it in the fridge. You wouldn't want to put your flowers in the fridge or it would not work. But for this one, you're going to put it in the fridge. But think of it kind of like how we care for flowers. And of course, you know asparagus is healthy, or I wouldn't be mentioning it today, but the important things to know about asparagus is that it's filled with vitamin K, folate, copper, selenium, and research has shown that it has the power to reduce our risk of colorectal cancer. And that's something that I know is near and dear to our heart, something we think about when we have IBD. So it's worth giving asparagus a second look. Did I convince you? Asparagus recipes, especially curated for you with IBD, no matter which stage of healing you're in, are in the show notes. And you guessed it, it's at karenhaley.com forward slash 82. Now, we cannot complete our list of the best spring veggies without mentioning number five, and that's spring peas. Have you had the pleasure of enjoying spring peas? Oh, Oh my gosh, my mouth actually just started watering thinking about it. They are so, 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 so delicious. 
especially when they're at their seasonal peak, which is spring. Spring peas, they are full of vitamins A, C, K, and B vitamins like folate. You go there, pregnant mama. Spring peas, they're a good source of manganese, phosphorus, and even protein. Talk about anti-inflammatory. Now, we just need to figure out how you can best digest them. If you're struggling to tolerate raw veggies, I would say the best way to eat your spring peas is to cook or to masticate them for easier digestion and absorption. If you choose to enjoy them cooked, you can add them to Asian cuisine. They're just perfect in there, like a stir fry, rice, or a noodle dish. You just pop them in there with your other vegetables. If you need them further broken down, like the masticated kind of broken down, then think no further than a smoothie. I know it sounds kind of weird to put peas in your smoothie, but there's no reason why a green smoothie has to be made with leafy greens. Spring peas give you something a little bit different and a little bit richer tasting and even in the texture a little bit richer in a smoothie. So all you have to do is just add about a half a cup of peas to your favorite smoothie recipe and watch as it turns green, but the flavor, the flavor still stays the same. Good stuff. And if you tolerate them out of the pod raw, then pop them on top of a salad or eat them straight as a snack. They're actually very filling. I think that my favorite way to eat spring peas is England style mushy peas mushy peas. I know, I wish they would have come up with another name for that. Why do they call them mushy peas? Because that just doesn't make them sound appetizing. But mushy peas, when they're cooked properly, they're actually quite delicious. And it's really an IBD gal's dream vegetable because they're broken down. They're easier to digest than your traditional pea. You can check out my favorite mushy pea recipe and some other yummy spring pea recipes. You guessed it, in the show notes. We have made it to the best spring veggie number seven, and that's spring onions. Not to be mistaken for scallions. Spring onions, they're a bit different, but a lot of people confuse them. The green stalks of the spring onion, they're thicker than a scallion. Or some people call them green onion, so it's thicker than a green onion. And they also have a larger, almost like a white onion, it's a bulb like a white bulb on the bottom. So that's kind of how you can tell the difference between a spring onion and a scallion. There's a really good picture of what they look like in the show notes. So you'll know exactly what you're looking for when you purchase them. Spring onions are the only veggie on our list today that boast natural antibacterial and antifungal properties. And that's two things that many of us with CNC, many of us struggle with. They also contain a compound known as allyl sulfide, which helps prevent colon cancer. Another one that's helping prevent colon cancer. So that's a bonus for spring onions. That's a reason why we might want to have them in our diet this time of year. I do want to say the one word of caution about spring onions. I don't advise that you use the white part at the bottom if you are sensitive to FODMAPs those fructose, oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polysaccharides. Or if you get lots of bloating or gas when you eat onions, if that's the case, then stick with the green part because the green part is actually a low FODMAP food. So stick with the tops if you kind of struggle with those things, the FODMAP issues, the bloating, the gas, that kind of thing. You can still eat these, but stick with the tops. 
If you can tolerate it, I think the best way to eat spring onions is by grilling them. And I know everybody's hauling out their grill this time of year. Well, turn up that grill and get those spring onions right on the grill. And I know most people are doing that. They're taking out their grill. But in my family, tell me if I'm crazy, but we actually use our grill year round. I know it's weird, but we, we love grilling in our family. So we're not taking it out. We do use it more in the spring and in the summer, but there are some times when it's snowing out and we're out there grilling. I know we just like grilling. But anyway, most of you, you're hauling out the grill. So it's a really good time to get those spring onions grilling. You don't even need to season them too much like a lot of these spring vegetables. A little salt, a little pepper, a little EVOO, and that's it because just the natural sweetness, the natural flavor in this when it's in its seasonal peak, it will just come out. But if grilling is a little bit too much for your belly right now, you can still get your spring onion in spring onion soup. It's delicious. There are loads of ways that you can make it and I'm sharing recipe with you for my favorite one in the show notes. Other places where you can indulge with spring onions are in fried rice. You've probably seen it before chopped up in it. You can chop up some in your fried rice whether it's white rice or cauliflower rice you can put it in there. You can chop and and sprinkle it on top of any protein so that could be like chicken, salmon. You could even chop some up and sprinkle it on a dip like hummus or if you're feeling really saucy. You can chop up some spring onions and saute them, caramelize them a little bit, and then you can top that on a burger or a gluten or grain-free pizza or maybe even just a sandwich. OMG, your taste buds are going to be really happy. Try that one. Trust me, super delicious. I have some really wonderful spring onion recipes ready for you in the show notes. One last time, the link for the show notes is karenhaley.com forward slash 82. And I'm going to tell you one more time, because my mom had to be a little different, Karen is spelled with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y. You can find recipes, not just for spring onions, but also for all seven of the best gut healing spring veggies options there. All right, one last time, super quick recap. Here's your seven gut-friendly spring veggies, the ones you'll definitely want to stock up on throughout the season and prepare in as many ways as you can, and you'll never end up eating them the same way twice, unless you choose to, of course. I know we have our favorites, but here we go. Here's those seven one more time. Artichokes, arugula, or some people call it rocket, beets, Give them a second look, please. They're really good when they're made right. Mint, asparagus, spring peas, and spring onions. Okay, my dear, that's a wrap. That is a wrap on spring veggies. Ones that maybe at first glance, you might be thinking, I can't eat that, or I don't like that. But remember, we can be more versatile than we realize when we think outside the box, outside the normal recipe box when it comes to these veggies. With IBD, it's all about preparing these foods in a way that our body can digest and absorb. Now go check out the show notes, karenhaley.com forward slash 82. They will give you some spring veggie inspiration. 
I've got my eye personally, I've got my eye on a spring pea recipe. It is calling my name. I think I'm going to go do that right now. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey. Chat soon. <laughs>